0: Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland. And this is the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you today. Oh, my Lord, we've been so blessed all this week. The wonderful things that, that you have brought out into our very beings about hearing your voice and following it wherever you take us. You're the commander of the army of the Lord, and we are your soldiers, and we're yours to command, and we thank you for it. We're so blessed about it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen now get get those free study notes right now because as you've seen we we've, we've gone through a lot of things here and you you need to have the just kCM.org slash notes they're free and uh, you can use them to teach in the future you need to get with your children and teach them just like you're teaching them uh, listen I can't say that strongly enough if you don't teach them somebody else will. And I guarantee you, it may be somebody on the street instead of somebody that should be teaching them. You get them in the Word, and these these notes and so forth will help you do that. Join me in welcoming Terry Law again. Terry, I'm so thrilled with with what you have brought us. Um, The thing that's come out of this all week for me, and and we've talked about it, any young person, anybody. Well, actually anybody, it's never too late. Mm. You can be 80 years old like Moses and get in the will of God for the first time in your life. But God does not go pick out special people here or there or the other. No, no, no. Everyone he picks is special because he has himself inside you. And as you make him Lord of your life, his plan for every person on this earth, everyone that knows him has a specific plan, a specific purpose. And it is in, if you could see the thing all together, it'd be outlandish (laughs) because he's able to do exceeding beyond all we can ask or think. And that's what he's planned. What is happening right now, Terry, particularly in the Middle East and places where you are and you're active in these areas? What, what's going on in there?
0: Well, I'll, I'll bring you a report that, uh, that is current. Kenneth, I was in Iraq four, four weeks ago. I had opportunity of meeting with the uh, Deputy Prime Minister of Kurdistan in the north of Iraq. Um, I met with uh, several other leaders, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. But uh, w- what I've become aware of in Iraq is the fact that, uh, and this is what the Deputy Prime Minister said, there's no answer to Iraq as it is currently constructed. Uh, the Sunnis and the Shia have fought each other for 1,400 years, but there are Sunni areas and there are Shia areas in Iraq and then the Kurds are in the north. If they made it a United States of Iraq with perhaps a headquarters in Baghdad, but they separated the warring nationalities, I think they could make the whole thing work. Uh, But uh, whether that can happen and whether our current administration has the backbone to make that happen, uh, I don't know. But I I will say this, that um, um, the presence of ISIS in the Middle East has changed everything that I've known about the area since it, it, it exploded. Um, most people, most Americans have no idea that ISIS was born out of Al-Qaeda and that uh, Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, the man who put a hit on my life, wanted to kill me. Uh, he was the one who began to show uh, beheadings on, nas- on international television and he loved the blood and he loved the, the audience that it got So uh, ISIS is creating absolute pandemonium in that part of the world, as we all know, and especially uh, because our government and our own uh, policies seem so oblique. We don't really have a target. We don't really know what we're doing. We haven't put a plan in there that's going to work. But uh, ISIS has a lot of things that people need to understand. ISIS uh, is based on, they call it the prophetic methodology. Now, you and I would understand that because we believe in the, the authenticity of scripture. Yes. We believe that what the Bible says it means and we rest our faith on this book. ISIS, separate from most other Muslims, has gone back to the Quran of Muhammad. They have gone back to the seventh century when he wrote it. And they believe that they are the primitive best Muslims in the world, much better than uh, the other nations like Shia, Sunni, etc. cetera. Uh, they have uh, incorporated things that Muhammad did in his wars of captivity in the Arabian Peninsula. Number one, slavery of women. They believe in that, they brought it back, particularly beheadings. Uh, amputations, uh, crucifixion, uh, slavery of, of women long-term, and, and all that that entails. This was practiced in the days of Muhammad, and ISIS feels that they are the most genuine Muslims because mm. they've gone mm-hmm. back to the what we would call the original text. Yeah. They are living out what Muhammad said do. Uh, most other uh, Muslim entities through history have have taken this and that, but these guys are saying, we're the literalists. We believe in what's written. Now, there's a principle that, uh, that Muhammad introduced and early Muslim teachers that involves the subject of a caliphate. Mm-hmm. Uh, a caliphate for us doesn't mean anything, but for a Muslim, if you believe the writings of Muhammad, uh, any Muslims in the world do not feel that they are truly going to heaven if they have not committed themselves to a Muslim state that is a caliphate, that is growing, that is has nothing to do with the West, nothing to do with the rest of the world. It is a totally uh, Sharia law oriented, total Muslim society. Uh, and when someone will announce himself as a caliph and the head of this, uh, then people will start flocking to the idea of the caliphate. Now, A lot of ISIS do not believe that if you are not a part of the caliphate, you are not saved. You will not escape judgment uh, when everything ends. So when al-Baghdadi, two years ago, announced to the world that he was a caliph and that he was opening up this territory that they have seized in Syria and Iraq, about a third of both nations. It's about as much territory as Great Britain in terms of its size, Mm. maybe 10 to 12 million people there. But they have announced to the world, we are a caliphate, we are going to grow, we are going to spread. Uh, We believe in an apocryphal doctrine, which I will mention shortly. Um, What has happened is they have appealed to young Muslims or people who have Muslim orientation all through the West. Here in America, we don't know what's going on. I mean, uh, uh, ISIS could be living next door to us. We had a a woman beheaded just 90 miles from Tulsa down in Oklahoma City uh, last fall uh, by uh, a lone wolf uh, killer. Um, But the the draw, and, and we've been trying to understand this in the West, the draw for all these young people is they believe it's the last days. The ISIS believes they are living in the last time. They believe that their Messiah is alive now. They believe that. And they have so indoctrinated and and cleverly used the media to talk to all these young people who are tuning in. Most of them just out of curiosity, see what's going on. But they have lit a fire inside of them, come and join us because we are building the end of the world. We are going to create the end of the world. We are going to bring uh, the end of the world by Jesus himself coming and descending from heaven, not as a, as a Christian, but as, as a Muslim prophet, and that he will establish world dominion, for, uh, which is essentially a world caliphate for all good Muslims, and that will secure their heaven or their going to a place of paradise or, or happiness at the end of their lives.
1: Well, now that's a that's a counterfeit of totally. the millennium. Totally, isn't it? Yep. So, oh man, I see that. Yeah, and I can see why. I, I can see why it looks and sounds so exciting to young people because it 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 has um, it has a daringness yes. about it. We dare to cross the line right. We dare to do what Muhammad said we dare to be hid. we dare to go against all everybody, all nations, everybody we don't care who they are other Muslim anybody we'll cross the line. And what they're doing with the beheadings
0: over and over again, is they're spitting in America's face and saying, we dare you. You come over here, and when you come over here, Jesus is going to come on our side, and we're going to take care of America and the rest of the world, and we'll all be Muslims. That's exactly what they believe. And as preposterous as that sounds to us, they have made it a doctrine that young people are grabbing
1: onto. Now, on the other hand, I just got a report... uh Well, let's see, earlier, uh, met about the end of last week, about how this whole thing had backfired among so many Muslims. And they said, hey, if this is the real thing, I don't want any part of this. Right. Uh, Let me tell you this.
0: Something that happened in Egypt, we all saw or were given images of the 21 Copts, all Christians. Uh, beheaded on the beaches yeah. of Libya. The whole world saw this. Yeah. Uh, what happened inside of Egypt with the parents of all these slaughtered young men, they went on national television and said, because we are Christians, we forgive what ISIS has done to our young men, our martyrs. My Well, goodness. when that was broadcast in Egypt. It, I mean, it was broadcast over and over and over, one family after another. And that has created a, a, a groundswell, Kenneth, of, of moderate Muslims who say, I am totally uh, outraged at what ISIS is doing in the name of Islam. We don't want to be a part of that. And when we hear Christians standing up and forgiving all of this stuff, they're starting to look at Christianity. I know a pastor in Amman Jordan who has led or who has 12 Muslims converted to Christ in the last couple of months. Uh, right now as as a, uh, a blowback against yeah. all yeah. of the, the PR and everything that ISIS is my, doing. My, my. And I, I think what they're doing is setting up a stage for revival over there by the absolute horrific things they're doing.
1: Well, Terry, it's, it's, it's obvious where sin does abound and that's abounding sin. Right. And you, you can see where that's, where the Bible is referring to this as a time when sin is full. Right. When, when people begin to cross lines that nobody would even think of doing right. before. And as they do that, grace does much more yes, abound. Grace and does. when it begins to, begins to surface, that's when the outlandish miracles begin to take right. place. Exactly. Because that's the biggest thing the devil's got. Yep. Outlandish murders yep. and outlandish sinfulness, that's the biggest thing he can do. That's all he can do. Now, you get over here, when, when Jesus comes on the scene, I'm, Terry, one of the last things that I heard uh, Brother Oral say, he said, Kenneth, the tent anointing is coming back. And when it comes back, it's going to be big time," he said. Expect it. Well, it hit last year, at least in my environment, and um, the uh, my audience has heard me tell this before. But I was invited to Dr. T. L. Lowry's seventieth. And a ministry anniversary celebration, and of course I went. Now, if T.L. Lowry's is doing something, Ken is going to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. And I walked into the room where they're having, had and it was there. I mean, it was there. Wow. You know how that 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 anointing yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. kind of sucks the wind out yeah, of yeah, everything. I know, I know. And uh, and the, and the Lord said, the tent anointing is back big time. Well, I walked over to him and I told him what I'd heard. He just, he just burst into tears and he said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Glory to God. Mm. Well, it began manifesting here at EMIC. It started uh, last year. Just one Sunday morning, my daughter Terry was receiving the offering and the healing power of God hit that church and people started getting healed all over the place. It has happened every Sunday and every Wednesday since then. Wonderful every Sunday, Wonderful. every Wednesday, and people have started coming just to get in into that anointing. Well, I'm hearing this same thing from other people all all over the country and all over the world. Mm. And like I told you earlier, I just got back from Africa, and it it's all over the place.
0: Oh. Wow, you know, it, it's we're so, there, it's man. So, it's so exciting to see that. But you know, the one message I need to to share today, Kenneth, comes from uh, the Archbishop, the Syria, Syrian Orthodox Archbishop of Mosul. Uh, Mosul was the town where ISIS came a year ago yeah. uh, and and totally uh, started slaughtering Christians, etc, etc. I asked the Archbishop, what was it like? He said, ISIS started going door to door, door to door throughout the city and giving people a choice. You either swear allegiance to Muhammad and Allah, or if you maintain Christian, we will behead you here and now. I said, how many people recanted? He said, maybe six. He said, they were addled people who weren't thinking right anyway. So I said, all of your Orthodox, Syrian Orthodox people stood there and said, we will not give up our faith in Jesus Christ. He said, absolutely right. Kenneth, I, I, when I started working with the Catholic church and realized that there was something that God was doing amongst mm-hmm. them that we didn't understand at all, mm-hmm. uh, which we haven't had a time to uh, get into this week, which maybe sometime we'll be able to do that. We need to do that. But anyway, uh, uh, to think of a Syrian Orthodox who were born ethnically a Christian because of where they live They've never had to confess Jesus as Lord like you and I do and like we preach, believe in your heart. Or, I mean, uh, if you will believe in your heart that God is ready and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Well, what kind of a confession is it for an ethnic Christian to say, you can cut my head off? That's hmm. the ultimate confession. That is. That is the ultimate that confession. That is, it. You can cut my head off. I will not recant. I will not turn my back on God. And we've got brothers and sisters over there, Kenneth. And that's the one thing I've wanted to do in this uh, series this week. Our brothers and sisters have stood up for God. I mean, we've, we're having thousands of martyrs over there. Mm. We, we don't know they're there, but they are standing for Jesus. And they, and they will not renege. They will not turn back on their faith. And that bishop, archbishop, he wept. He said, Terry, he said, St. Thomas came to Iraq with the gospel. Doubting Thomas, brought the gospel to Iraq. Then he brought it on to India, had tremendous revival where he went. But he said, we've had a church here for a thousand years and for the first time in a thousand years, I haven't been able to celebrate Easter because I was there at Easter, there Easter. uh, He said, I was not able to celebrate Easter because my church is now a mosque. That's what ISIS has done, but in spite of ISIS, the incredible victory for the church is that, hey, you know, if God ever asked me to be a martyr, I would think that's the one way I want to go to heaven oh, man, because man. of the reward uh, oh, yeah. for, and the blessing of God yeah. on on people who would have that kind of faith. But these are our brothers and sisters. And I mm. wanted to bring this message today just to say to them, uh, they're alone, they're living in the streets in Erbil. 500,000 of them fled from Mosul, just ra- ran in, in 48 hours, dragged their suitcases across the desert. Uh, I'm feeding 8,000 of those people every month. Uh, we we put, gave them 700,000 meals last year, but we're ramping up everything we're doing with the, with the food and the, and the aid we're getting to the people. Uh, and, and I believe that, that, that God has an incredible reward there. Mm. But this is a message that I want for those in your audience who are listening to us. They said, we are your elder brothers. That's what he said to me, the bishop. And I, I thought, yeah, that's true. They were in the kingdom before we were. Uh, they were the originals way back oh, in the yeah. time of Jesus. You know, I, I said, would you pray the Lord's Prayer for me? The bishop speaks Aramaic. It's the language of Jesus. And there's only a few left in the world that speak it. And when he prayed the Lord's Prayer in the words of Jesus, I had the hair come up on my my arm as I was listening to to him say the Lord's Prayer.
1: Father, we pray right now for these people, their welfare, your protection, And the great and grand message that's coming out of there. That we're here to stay. We are believers, and Jesus is our Lord, and we will not change. Oh, Lord, thank you for them. Thank you for them. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, praise God. Terry, and I'll be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed this teaching
0: from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.